Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Live in the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream. All right, this week on Live in the Bream, such a treat for you. You know her from many things. She was a White House press secretary. She's a New York Times number one bestseller. She's the co-anchor of America's Newsroom, co-host of The Five, the one and only Dana Perino. Welcome. I'm so glad to be Live in the Bream. I love Live in the Bream. We are too. And I got to tell you, I love your brand new book. It's called Everything Will Be Okay, Life Lessons for Young Women from a Former Young Woman. And I would argue uh, the book is chock full of stuff that's good for either gender. I mean, this is, this is, these are great life lessons. Thank you so much. Yeah, my husband actually had a funny line. He said that he thinks that every man should read it because then he will understand that he will never fully understand women. <laughs> but he said he thought, you know, that it was helpful for him because, well, he could look back and remember how I you know, had a lot of worries when I was first mm-hmm. starting out in my career and how, of course, everything turned out OK. And also, you know, we have a young niece uh, who is now 30. She's just about to graduate from law school. And we get the funniest questions from her sometimes. Like mm-hmm. two weeks ago, we got a note. What is it like when you work with people who really don't know what they're doing, (laughs) but you're not in a position to say something? And so, you know, we get on the phone and we talk to her. And when she first started, she was very worried because she felt like she was rubbing people the wrong way and Uh. that that she wasn't liked, you know, that she wasn't Mm -hmm. liked in the office. I said, well, are you respected? Right. You know, and things like that. So, um, yeah, he got a little bit of a kick out of it. Absolutely. And you make such a great point because... There's so many different ways if you've gone into a career field as a young woman that you do feel like you need to connect. You talk about the, the skills that you need to have, and we'll break that down a little bit, but you feel like you need to perform professionally, but there's also the personal and the relational side. Am I building relationships? Am I networking here? Am I the odd man out and I don't know it? <laughs> do these people like, and you said, respect me. I mean, there's so many different things you're navigating and trying to find your way as a young person coming through school or grad school, whatever your path has been into that first or second job. There really are so many transitions. And I, I love that you pointed out one of the best things, no matter what career you're going into. One of the keys to work on, and this is something I tell young people all the time too, is writing. Why is that so important? And and why do you think we're not better at it? I don't know. Well, I think that we're not taught well in schools and there's not Mm -hmm. an emphasis on it. And it's not until you get into the workplace that you see that the people who are better writers, they are the ones that are going to get more promotions, more raises, more opportunities, uh, more chances to travel or present in front of the board. And you won't even know why you're not a good writer. Maybe you got A's on your English papers when you were in high school. So what does good writing mean? It's a little bit hard to figure out, right? And, and writing for the workplace is also a little bit different than you know writing an English paper. Writing emails, I think, is a mm-hmm. real art, and you got to focus on it. And I write about. I, I give some tips in the book about how you can improve your writing. One of the things that I like to do is. I truly believe that you can become a better writer if you are reading more, mm-hmm. but you can't read junk. 
<laughs> so let's say that you work in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, you need to find like the best trade reporter for that industry and read their work. Um, also read your boss's work or the things that the company is putting out. That mm-hmm. way you'll kind of get a sense for the, the language that can be used. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be creative, too. You should be. Um, and there are some great guides out there. Shannon, there are so many books to buy that will teach you how to be a better writer. Mm-hmm. That's, it's like There's like an entire section in the bookstore. Books on writing. Exactly. That's how important mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And I think the more that you do it and the more that you seek feedback from people that you trust, you just going through the process and getting better not being afraid of edits. Uh, I think it's all part of uh, getting better. I'll tell you, I had, a, um, had a wonderful mentor um, and she was the chief of staff to the congressional office. The first one that I worked on, on or the first office I worked in on Capitol Hill. One of the things that she used to do, she was a heavy editor. And this is back in the days when you had a hard copy edit, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe with a red pen. I still um, like those. It's. It, I tell you, I think it actually helps school, you become like a better writer because you can mm-hmm. see. Uh, and I'm sure you had AP style guidelines, right? So you knew what all the little symbols mm-hmm. meant and things like that. <laughs> well, that's how I learned from her. Like she would rewrite my stuff and put things around, put things in the margins and you have to try to figure it out. And then I realized like, oh, wait, there's a formula here. Right. And something she did I thought was very helpful that I do today uh, with my uh, staff. She would copy me, blind copy me sometimes, but copy me on a lot of emails as I was learning the ropes to become a press secretary. And by doing that, I could see how somebody that I admired, a role model, a mentor, how she was communicating. And I'm not saying I would completely copy her, but I understood the style. I understood what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And then I became somebody that people could turn to when something urgent was needed, if we were in the middle of a crisis, um, if they needed me to brief the boss, things like that really helped me. Like becoming a better writer helped me with all of those other things too. Mm -hmm. It really does have a ripple effect to everything, I think, in your career to be able to communicate well and in the way that you know is effective within your organization and for your boss. Um, We're talking to Dana Perino. Uh, She is the author of the book, Everything Will Be Okay, Life Lessons for Young Women from a former young woman, not a (laughs) former. And by the way, can I just say that you always look beautiful, but the cover of the book, you're like a certified supermodel. (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, But my husband, your buddy Sheldon saw it too. And he was like, wow, that's such a great picture of Dana. I'm like, no, she looks terrific. You know what I like about the cover? I feel now at 48, like feel looking confident and happy. Yeah. Um, It doesn't mean that I've settled, right? Like I still Mm -hmm. have ambition. I have, I want to do a good job. I wake up every day excited to go to work, mm-hmm. nervous about going to work. Like I really want to do a good job. But there's something about reaching a point where you understand that work is part of your life. It's not all of your life. Um, yes. That yes. And and I love that you included that in the book too. And you talk about having room for relationships, and love, and for right, love, and choosing to and be loved. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I you think, guys have such a great story. I think that the advice I got from a family member way back when I had met Peter on an airplane. We had talked, well, we had decided about my moving to England, but I was so nervous. I was nervous to leave my career. I, you know, of mm-hmm. course, I was only 25, but at that time, right? And I was like nervous, leave my career, thought I would never get a chance to work back in politics or journalism again. I was afraid to go overseas where I wouldn't be able to work because I didn't have a visa. And I worried about what people would think. I was, I met a guy in an airplane. He's 18 <laughs> years older than me. He lived in England. He'd been married before. 
what was I thinking, right? And how would people think about me? And I was so wrapped up in that, and, but internalized it, except for this one family member. She pulled me aside around Christmas time that year, and she said, do not give up on this opportunity to be loved. Mm-hmm. And you have to choose to be loved and let it happen. And wow, what great advice. I cannot think of better advice that I got in my life. I put that at number one because mm-hmm. once I let go and realize that one, nobody's thinking about me. Everyone's just right. thinking about themselves. Right. A lot less than we think. Yeah. And everybody was so themselves. happy for Peter and me and were super supportive, including my parents. And we got married uh, shortly after I arrived in England and it's been 23 years. And there's so much of Peter in this book. Mm-hmm. I was when I reread it for the audiobook, you know, when you read the audio. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, Peter shows up a lot. <laughs> I love that because honestly, the person that you choose to spend your life with is going to go on this journey with you through the best highs and the biggest celebrations, but the lows too, where you're freaked out or you're fired or you get a terrible diagnosis. I mean, it really is such an incredibly important decision. And you shouldn't push it aside simply for career because your job's never going to love you back. Absolutely not. I remember I tell one story in the book about how there was a miscommunication at the White House when I first started in the press office in January of 2005. And my first assignment with the president was going to be sitting in on an interview that somebody else had arranged, but they want they needed me to sit in on it with him and you know, cut it off at a certain amount of time. So I said, sure, I can do that. And they, this uh, communications director said, I'll meet you at the Oval Office and I'll brief the president for you. And then you take it from there. And I thought, OK, that sounds like a good way to ease myself into this position. So we get there and there was a miscommunication between the communications director and the president because the president said, I'm not doing an interview. I said I would talk to him, but I'm not doing an interview. And Uh-oh. it goes back and forth, back and forth. And finally, the president says, Dan, I'm not doing an interview with that guy sitting outside. And therefore, she doesn't need to be here. And I don't even know if he knew my name at the time, although I'm sure he would say he did. (laughs) But he looked at me and then sort of, um, you know, nodded his head to the door as if to say, see yourself out. (laughs) I was so mortified. And you know that feeling of embarrassment that's like a hot rod going up through your stomach? That's how I felt. I walked the 32 steps to my office, closed the little pocket door behind me, and I was very tearful. And I called Peter And he's like, what happened? What's wrong? And so I told him the whole story. And he said, well, just think for the rest of your life, you can say, I've been kicked out of better places than this. (laughs) (laughs) It's so perfect. It's so true. His attitude is the best. Like he's so supportive. We both have amazing husbands who look at things that way. And, And you need to have people in your life who are positive and who are going to build you up in the moments when you need it. And Peter certainly does that. And it helps you get out of your own way, too, you know, yeah. um, and being in a relationship like that. I do feel for a lot of young women that I know would love to meet someone. And I, I think that especially during COVID, it's been very difficult yeah, to very date, but that, you know, it's going to get better soon. It really mm-hmm. is. It is. And like you say, the title of the book, everything will be okay. And it's chock full of so much good practical advice. Sometimes books are very feel good and they have funny stories. I mean, your book has that, but it also has super practical stuff. One of the things that you said, which I love, and I know that I'm so old school, but you said, write it down, like actually use a pen and paper. And I, you know, I still do that. And I know that people can type super fast on their smartphones or iPhones and everything else. But to me, it sticks with me better. And if I'm giving someone instruction, I appreciate when they're writing things down because it makes me feel reassured that they're getting it. So this is an interesting thing. Um, 
one, I also think that that's true, that the human mind will work better and more creatively if they are actually physically writing something down rather than typing it into their phone. I mm-hmm. think that's just true. But also a lot of young people are working for bosses who are Gen X, right? Mm-hmm. That's you. That's me. That's us. And we wrote stuff down. Mm-hmm. And so I, have you ever been in an interview where somebody is then like taking notes on their phone while right. you're doing the interview and you think, right. are they like texting their friends or what? <laughs> and it's so right distracting. Yeah. I really highly encourage every young person, get a pen and paper. When you go into a meeting with the boss, don't take your phone or put it in your back pocket. Mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. fully present when you are there. You will make such a better impression if you do that. And the next time around that somebody says that they need someone to do an extra assignment or take on more responsibility, perhaps get a chance to go on the business trip to the conference, you are much more likely to be the one that they turn to than somebody who they think is just on their phone all the time. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Now, you talk some about social media, you talk about email, and this is one place where you know I have to break with you because you are one of these people that I could never be, which actually gets to zero on your inbox. You would have a heart attack. Every time I look at my inbox and it says like 3,673 unread emails, I think of you because I'm like, Dana would never allow this to happen. I'm having um, a, one of those feelings now because I am, because of this book tour and, and the new schedule that I have. Right. I had I had 82 emails um, a couple of days ago. I was in a panic because I think, (laughs) how am I going to get through this? Then I went through, cleared out a whole bunch of them. I got down to under 30. Under 30, I feel pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, I I will never unless I just, and I do sometimes fantasize about going in and just deleting everything. Why not? Why don't you? My fear is there's something important in there or a contact or something. And like, if I just delete everything, it would be I hear you and, and Peter like says the same. Yeah, yeah, Peter says the same. He's like, you know, I go back through there and I find the contact for the guy that I met in Dubai at the sales <laughs> right. conference. I'm like I, I just I have found that I rarely ever need to try to find something. However, mm-hmm. you know, I also highly um I, I use a lot of the folders so that I'm constantly archiving. Okay. So do you remember mm-hmm. way back when there was this idea, this concept of a one touch policy at your desk so that if a piece of paper came to your desk, this is really mm-hmm. before email, the the goal was you would only touch it once and then it would move on rather than piling up on your desk, which of course can still happen even in today's mm-hmm. world. I'm looking at my desk right now. And I think that um, <laughs> emails can kind of be like that too. Uh, th- right. I got some good advice from somebody who said that they have an email folder that is... Um, it's he calls it um, the the panic folder. You mm-hmm. could call it something else, but you know the emails that come in that are so long, and it's like there's five questions a lot in there. Of right. He puts those emails in the panic folder to deal with later. If it's things that he can't just if he's cruising, he's got like maybe he's on a deadline, he can't deal with that right now. He puts that physically into the panic folder and deals with it a little bit later so that he's not constantly looking at it. I thought that's kind of an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of the keys throughout your book is really about organization with your time, 
with your email, with, you know, all the things in your life that honestly, if you get control of those, they will put you in a better position to handle crisis, to be ready for that next promotion, um, just to have your life uh, in order so that you can uh, pursue opportunities when they come. And listen, you're very honest in the book too, about times that you're just going to be overwhelmed. You talk a lot about when you worked at the White House and I mean, there are times of your career, it is going to be exhausting. You're not going to have nights or weekends. We've all been there. Um, and I mean, I <laughs> remember those days very well. And we still have some of those days now. Um, I think the difference is probably for you and I, we're doing things that we love. And so you're able to yeah. better compartmentalize I do, and make time there for There seems to be an obsession with younger generations now about work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I'm not we saying that's that. a bad thing. No, it's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing. That's true. We just didn't have it. But I think that, well, here's the other thing, though. But you and I, we don't have to be too humble here. We, we are very successful in our fields. Mm-hmm. And we know work. what it took to get there. And yeah. so, yeah, we worked 14-hour days. Yeah, of course we did. Yeah. We but, didn't but do it forever. Right. And if you know it's for a season and it's equipping you, and I always tell people, even in jobs you detest, because we've all had those, either you took them because you needed the money or you just weren't sure whatever happened. There's learning and purpose in all of that. There's networking and all of that. You're going to pick up some skill there, even if it's, you know, covering for your horrible boss, (laughs) you know, um, and getting things done on deadlines. I used to have people, uh, one particular um, person that I worked with when I was in practicing law, who would give me things the night before they were due. Because she just hadn't gotten to them. And she's like, we have this, you know, 50 page motion that's due in federal court tomorrow. And so, I mean, you learn from the tough things too. So there really is, you know, you talk about an idea of gratitude and, and being thankful even for the difficult things in your life and then finding ways to get yourself past that problem to maneuver on to the next phase. And what I do interview um, a friend of mine, she's one of those, how does she do it all kind of friends. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she has three boys. Now they're sort of, I think, 10 up through 15. And she has been a global talent officer for a big multinational company for a long time. She's a wonderful cook, a terrific wife, an amazing friend. Like she's all of these things. But because she works in human resources and talent uh, management, I asked her for some advice for working moms or people who think that you know they're go- they want to be a working mom one day and how to structure a career and family um, in a way that she has. And there's some really good advice in there. And one of them that I think is important is if you are going to take some time off to raise your children, and I highly encourage it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. She says that you should open up an LLC, so a little small business. So you might call it Dana Perino Communications, LLC. And you have that, and you can have as many clients as you want or not during the time that you are raising your kids. But it's good to have some projects. You know, There are new skills that come on board. There's new technologies you need to know about. You have to keep up with things just a little bit. But if you do that, when you go back to the workforce, you are less likely to be cut in your salary because mm. there's no gap in your employment history. Brilliant. I thought that was a really good mm-hmm. practical piece of advice for uh, moms and dads, but this book is really more for women, um, to think about how you can protect yourself while you figure out a way to have it all over time. Mm-hmm. And right. I mean, every life, every part of life is a season and we're going to have different priorities at different times. But this book, uh, again, by Dana Perino, Everything Will Be Okay, Life Lessons for Young Women from a Former Young Woman <laughs> is out March 9th. I would encourage you to get copies for every young woman in your life. I will be giving this as graduation presents to everyone 
it really is the most practical guide I've seen for 20 and 30 somethings really walking through what you need to do to get control of your career and of your life and to have joy in all of it. Um, Well, Shannon, you really really do embody all of that, right? You are the person that I think of as somebody with the utmost integrity, such dignity, grace, so accomplished and also so joyful. You Mm -hmm. really are that package. And so I appreciate learning from you and having you be one of my role models. Well, thank you, my friend. I think people will just be, they will gain so much from this book and they'll get to know you a little better and have a lot of laughs too. So all the best with the book. And Dana, thank you for being on this week's Live in the Bream. I love Live in the Bream. Thank you. See you soon. (laughs) I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.